Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in for another week. We are working our way through the fruit of the Spirit as described in Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to be talking about goodness today. On our website and on the back catalogue you can find lots of other resources and other podcast series that we've done so um, please feel free to tune into any of those and we're going to we're going to start with Galatians 5 and that reading from the fruit of the spirit fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and we're on goodness hmm. we use the word a lot good don't we mm. good morning good afternoon and if i don't see you good evening um and good for all kinds of things isn't it yeah if you're good at maths, are you good at maths? Um, are you um, Have you been a good boy? Mm, oh, you weren't asking me. Okay. Well, I wasn't really. No, uh, are you good at um, Babington? You know, not really. And then uh, that was a good meal we had, wasn't it? I always find it funny when an o- when there's an Ofsted report of a school. Uh, yeah. And it's like we are a good school. Uh, yes. Mm. Doesn't sound enough. No, does it? it doesn't. Yeah. No. I always think that. Why would you? It seems strange to celebrate the fact that you're just good. Mm. Mm. We're a good school. Yeah. Yeah. We do use the word good a lot. We do. And and we also use it to describe people, don't we? So not just good car or good meal, but actually he's a she's good a man good or she's woman. a good woman. Or yeah. They're a good person. Yeah. yeah. Good and it's neighbor. a way of kind of, it's a simple way of summarizing a, a generally positive, kind sort of person, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, or they've yeah. done. They did me a you know a favour, and therefore they're a very good person. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. But I mean, uh, I guess this is what goes against the grain, isn't it, of our culture? Because the Bible says no one is good, mm. and we know that song, don't we? No one is good. Right. Yeah, mm. um, and it's true. I mean, it's a, it's a strange thing, isn't it, to come into church, and we're getting our kids to sing "No One Is Good." Yeah. How's it go? No one, no is, one is righteous before God. Yeah. And that's what or the Bible holy. says, isn't it? Yeah. There yeah. is no one good. No. Yeah. Not, even God. One. Not even yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when Paul says that in Romans, in Romans chapter 3, when he's summarizing the condition of all mankind, Jew and Gentile, he, that's, the, that's the, the really the final nail in the coffin of that argument, isn't it? And it's why we, we need the gospel, because he, he's, he is saying very clearly that no one is good, no, not even one. Mm. Um, so well, it's, it's actually no one is righteous, not even one. And, right. then, and then he says there is, uh, um, uh, there is no one who does good, no one who does good not right, even right. one. Right. right. Interesting. It is. And, and, you know, before that, he's kind of explained why that is, isn't he? So there's, you know, the, the poison of vipers is on our lips. You know, our words... Uh, are so often um, used to attack and hurt other people. There is bloodshed, there is violence, there is God-ignoring. Um, there, are, there are all kinds of things, aren't there? Um, so how do we t- deal with that then? Because we've just said, you know, mm. she's a good person, he's a good person. Mm. And now we're saying that no one does good. Mm. And yet we know, you know, people would go mad, wouldn't they, if you mm. said that, because Nelson mm. Mandela becomes a hero mm. and... Uh, there are all kinds of you know people that you yeah um, yeah well I, I think I think on the on the surface it's a very easy thing to say mm. about ourselves isn't it and others they're they're a good person and what we generally mean is when you take their lives as a whole there are patterns of you know 
faithfulness and kindness and law-abiding citizens that they are. They're generally good people. But I think when you, as the Bible does, begin to ask some real specific questions about what we're actually like day to day, mm. it becomes harder and harder to maintain um, that assessment of ourselves. I remember at the university, we used to, um, some years ago, we did a series, an evangelistic series on the Ten Commandments. And uh, one of the things that we would do in order to drum up interest in the talks was to, to go around and to ask students in the canteen and the corridors about the Ten Commandments. Mm. And so we would ask a series of questions um, do, do you have you heard of the phrase Ten Commandments? Um, <laughs> and lots of people hadn't, but some had. Right. Do you know where you would find them? Right. Um, and then we would read off a few of them and say, do you think that these are good laws that would generally make society better <clears throat> if everyone uh, obeyed them? Yeah, and lots of people said yes. It's quite hard to argue against them. But then when you say, have you kept? You know, have you kept these laws? Um, People will often say, yes, I have. <laughs> and then you say, okay, so you may never have stolen something with your hands from a shop, but have you ever downloaded anything that didn't belong to you and broken in on someone else's labors and taken it for you? So, oh, yeah, well, everyone's done that. And so the, the kind of the more you circle in on, on that definition of goodness and ask questions about it, I think most of us, if we're honest, you know, and then it, and then it's quite good because you can say, well, it's interesting because we we acknowledge that these are good laws, and yet in the next breath we have to say, well, we haven't kept them, mm. and so what sort of people are we then? And that's that's a way of trying to uncover, I think, what we what we're really like. Mm. Mm. I also wonder whether we, in our everyday language, just like the Ofsted thing, there's a level above good which is outstanding, isn't there? And if you have one of those questionnaires that like, how was this today? Not good, good, very good. The word good sort of is a bit average, isn't it? It's quite middle ground. And so I wonder whether the Bible's definition of what good means and the way that we use the word good are out of kilter. So that's why people can say, oh, I've, I'm a good person, mm. even though they know they're not perfect. Mm. They will still say I'm a good person. Mm, mm. And well, perhaps I think the Bible word is complete. Right um, and ho sort of whole wholeness, mm. so it, th th there's no error in it. It's a it's a completely good thing. Yeah, and as you say, people don't use it as that. They no. basically say, generally speaking, I, I obey the laws and I'm quite nice to people around yeah. me. It's sort of slightly above average, isn't it? It's you're doing more good things mm. than bad things. I I I think in because you know you could say, well, she's a good mother, and you know, and that sort of stuff, and. I, I think that's where the 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 old sort of parable of the um of the of of the um sailor comes in of of the pirate the parable of the good pirate um which, which uh isn't in the bible <laughs> but you've got you've got a bloke he's a really good worker he's on a ship he's a good he's a good sailor he uh, gets up in the morning, does his duties. He, you know, washes the decks, uh, cleans up after people, doesn't get drunk, is dutiful to his work. Um, and he's a really, really good sailor. Mm. Um, uh, kind to people around him, helps people out, all that stuff. But then you see the flag he's flying under. It's a pirate. He's on a pirate ship. Um, and it's it, he needs transferring over to the lord's ship the king's ship hmm. doesn't he and you could have someone on the king's ship that isn't quite that diligent is a little bit lazy uh, doesn't do his job 
uh, fully, but he's under the king's flag. Mm. And that really is the gospel, isn't it? That's the difference. Mm. We've been transferred from one to the other. Mm. And so you can be a very good person, but within the, uh, you know, not under God, really. Mm. Mm. I think that's... Yeah, well, that, I mean, it's a helpful illustration because it, it goes further than just surface behavior. And, yeah. And it looks at, firstly, as you say, what kingdom we belong to, but also it's 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 what drives us and what motivates us isn't it and so you know i i think you you can you can have people who generally in terms of like the laws of society live quite good lives um but if our hearts haven't been regenerated by by god then what motivates us very often is actually self isn't it self-exaltation wanting to be seen as a good person. There's a kind of God-minimizing um, motive in our hearts, isn't there? And and so therefore, on one level, you could call it good, but really when you assess everything, the heart and the motive and the purpose of this, hmm. it's designed to belittle the name of God and to lift up the name of man. And so it can't be called good in that complete sense. No. Um, and then, uh, so when you go from Romans 3, where he says, no, you know, no one does good, not even one, that's Romans 3, uh, by the end of Romans, Romans 15, he says this, Paul is the writer, he says, I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourself are full of goodness, complete in knowledge uh, and competent to instruct one another. <laughs> and in between those two things, you have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. So the fruit of the spirit is 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 the thing that brings us to see that we're not good. Mm. We need Christ. We need to be in Christ, who is the good one. Yeah. He's the one that's perfectly fulfilled all God's laws, everything about uh, the, the God the Father wanted him to do. Mm. And so when we're in Him, then you can start yeah. swapping the decks or whatever. And there's a lot of, in between those two chapters in Romans, there's a lot about the law and the purpose of the law and how you cannot get goodness through the law. But as you say, it's through Jesus Christ and our union with him mm. and we're justified, therefore, by him. And that, I mean, that comes back to the fact that this is a fruit of the spirit. Mm. Um, goodness is something that the spirit can cultivate in you alone. Um, you will not be a good person without the spirit. In the yeah. sense that the Bible means good, yeah. um, because Christ is the only good one. It's interesting when someone calls Jesus good teacher, he says back to them, "Why do you call me good? Only God is good." Yes, and that's sort of a tantalizing question to try and get him to see, yeah. "Oh, you're God." Um, and that's, that's why we've got to get our definitions right, and then yeah. we have to go back to the Bible to get the definition of good. Yeah, because I, I actually think the, the the original English word "good" actually comes from God. Right, um, and so it's interesting, isn't it? We've so originally diluted it a lot. We've diluted it into a sort of nice. Yeah, it sort of means nice. Yeah, doesn't it? I think it's important to know that because when we start saying things to our neighbours, like no one's good. Yeah. In fact, there's a bloke They're who not comes. Hearing that. There's a bloke who yeah. comes to International Cafe every week, and he, we tell him week in week out, "You're not good, mate. I'm not good." And yeah. he he looks at me and he tells me to my face, "I'm a good person." Yes. And I guess what he means by that is, you're a nice person you cook for me you you talk to me not many people do that you smile at me yeah. that's what he means yeah and maybe we need to think about different ways of communicating yeah, and, i mean he is a, a particular i mean he is a good person in many ways isn't he in the yeah. world he's working his guts out for his family yeah uh you know he's 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 seriously sacrificing for his family isn't he yeah so even he is in on one level a good person but that's 
that's still on the pirate ship. Yeah. That's he, he that we have to be changed and it's only God that can because only God is good. Mm. Only yes. God is complete. Yeah. Only so maybe completeness is a, is a, a thing we ought to be saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then that that that's sort of congruent with Genesis chapter 1, isn't it? When when God is creating and he looks at each stage and and he declares it's very good. Mm. Uh there's a shalom, a completeness. And on the 7th day God takes a look at everything and says it's very good. Mm. So it's like very very complete. Mm. Yeah. Very very good um so maybe there is yeah something in shalom yeah, well, that, complete. that's a good that's a good place to go to help our definition as well because you know when god looks at all the different parts of creation that he's made and pronounces them to be good i think part of what's being said there is th- this is how i designed it mm. and it's working as it ought to right you know it, this is a thing that i have made living under my word and that's what goodness is um, and when you apply that to ourselves, it's then quite helpful, isn't it? Because mm. God has created us in his image to live in his world under his word. Mm-hmm. And when we're in harmony with that, then it's a good thing. It's a very good life that we're living mm. because we're acknowledging God as creator and living according to his word. That is the good life, isn't it? Um, when we're in in uni- unity with that purpose, really. And, and often when people sort of have um, strop against God... Uh, well, God is the definition of good, but we've got a definition of good, and we think God doesn't live up to it because <laughs> we've got a different definition. Mm. But actually, whatever God does is right, mm. uh, and you just have to knuckle under, even though we can't understand that. Um, uh, I mean, in in Exodus thirty three, there's a meeting with Moses and God, and in verse eighteen it says, "Then Moses said, Now show me your glory.'" So you know it's interesting what you know what what would we expect that to be now show me your glory would we expect it to be power and wealth and wisdom and stuff and then it says and the lord said i will cause my goodness so that's his glory mm. that he is complete that he's good and then then it goes on uh, to pass in front of you and i will proclaim my name the lord in your presence and then it's almost like a definition of what what, how that works out in mm. practice, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Mm. And that's his goodness. Mm. His goodness is that he will have compassion and he will have mercy on whom yeah. he wants to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and those things often go together. So you find that pairing in Psalm 23 as well, where David is saying, surely goodness and mercy or goodness mm. and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, those two go together. So God's goodness and his mercy are, are appearing. And I suppose that, again, helps us understand what goodness is because uh, there's something undeserved about it, isn't there? That mm. even though we have not been good in God's eyes and have trampled his name through the dirt, he still comes forward with with mercy and he's willing to sweep away and deal with our sin in the in, in Christ. And that's an act of goodness, isn't it? Willing to cover our sin and make us make us new. Hmm. Hmm. And a, and a counterfeit, I suppose, if we want to move on to that, is someone who's just really passively nice all the time. Mm. Because there's it, tied up with, with mercy is also judgment, isn't it? In order to be merciful, you have to be a judge. Only judges really can be merciful. Um, and, and so kind of people who are just passively nice all the time um, 
aren't it, it, that isn't the definition of a good person because a child could look at their parent being disciplined by them and say you don't love me you know you don't make me feel very good you're not being nice to me you're not being good to me um but we would say actually good parenting requires discipline and judgment in some cases uh and so just being sort of pleasant and that's where um you know you can look at your neighbors i look at the neighbors on my street and they're lovely people mm. they're just really nice mm. um but that isn't to say that they are complete and are living in god's way under his law um under his word mm. and re- re- niceness is one counterfeit um yes because because when they're conf- so when you're confronted with a good god when you're confronted with Jesus. So if, if the glory is God's goodness, mm. then we're told that Christ is the glory of God. So therefore, it, God, Christ is good. Mm. And when they're confronted with the goodness and say, and say, now you submit to me, I will be your Lord. I am the one who saves you. Mm. If you say no to that, then you can't be good. Right. You know, under the definitions here, you, yeah. you, you're actually saying no to goodness. Yeah. I don't want goodness. I want my evil. I don't want you to forgive me. And that's where religion gets all muddled up in this, because religion looks, I'm a good religious person. Mm. Well, that's that's the very thing that can take you away from God, mm. because you're relying on your own religion and your own self. Yeah. And so you're turning away from God who says, I don't want you to do that. I want you to submit to me. Yeah. I want you to follow me. I am good. If you're good, then follow me. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's one of the main applications in the Sermon on the Mount, isn't it? Basically, that when it comes to the Beatitudes, the first one is blessed are the poor in spirit. Hmm. Um, so according to Christ, those who confess their sin and wickedness and own it before the Lord and look to him for help are the ones who receive the kingdom blessings. Um, and that is followed just by warning after warning about this counterfeit hypocrisy. So he says, don't envy the kind of life that the Pharisees lead. They walk around in long flowing robes, but it's all a sham. They do it just to be seen. They pray long prayers in public because they think through their many words they will be heard. It's a sham, mm. you know. It's a, and But yet to everybody else, it looks like that good religious life. And... To the disciples, I guess the reason they needed so many warnings is because there is something that we might, that we do envy about that, isn't there? A Mm. kind of religious status, you know, people looking up to us. But the first thing he says is, no, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be truly good if you acknowledge that you are not good, that you're poor in spirit. Right. So, And Jesus tells that that fantastic parable, doesn't he, of the the Pharisee and the tax collector who's just done what you've just said. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the Pharisee is a good man. He mm. gives a tenth of everything he has yeah. to the poor. Doesn't he, commit adultery. He doesn't commit yeah. adultery. He's not a sinner like this other bloke mm. who's praying. And then there's this other bloke who's praying, and all he says is, basically, I am a sinner. Mm. Have mercy on me. And Jesus says one goes away right with God and the other doesn't because mm. one is asking for mercy, which, which a good God gives, and loves to give, and that's hmm. if we're going to be good, we need to receive the mercy from the good God. Hmm. Um, and uh, and the other doesn't receive any mercy because he's relying on his own goodness, which is not complete. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a failure thing, isn't it? What's that story you tell of? Is it is one of the um, is it one of the Puritans who was invited to preach at this woman's house, 
and he says to the sort of high society oh, yes. people... No, no, that's Whitfield. Was oh, it Whitfield? That's George Whitfield, yeah, monstrous. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's Lady... Um, he, so he's preaching for Lady Huntingdon in, in, mm. in one of her drawing rooms. She was sort of very aristocratic and really connected to royalty. She was a full-on believer, a Christian, and loved George Whitfield and would often open up her drawing room for, for posh ladies to come. Mm. And I've forgotten which lady is, Lady so-and-so was outraged when Whitfield started saying that she was the same as the poor um, uh, field worker and that they were all sinners. And she yeah. said, monstrous! <laughs> well, I don't know whether she said it like that, but I can imagine she would. Oh, this is monstrous teaching. Yeah. Yes. She didn't want to hear that she needed mercy. Yeah. That so, she wasn't good. So, I mean, that is interesting, isn't it? So... In God's way, a part of being good is that you receive mercy hmm. from the merciful God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I suppose opposites in this one, uh, I mean, badness, badness. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, evil. Yes, I suppose it's... Well, you've got it in, in Galatians, the you know acts of the flesh, sexually immoral... Mm. Impurity, debauchery, you know, adultery, mm. wickedness. We we let them off very much, don't we? Because that's often how we're entertained. Mm. I mean, in in um, in lockdown, you know, I, I guess like lots of people, so you know, you watched more box sets uh, and that sort of stuff. And I just noticed that, uh, and then got fed up with it, that actually everything is all based around some horrible murder. Mm. There's never anything sort of sort of sort of decent uh, and it's not it's never just the murder is it it's it's some horrible uh way and often i noticed women so i wondered how titillate uh, sorry what's the word titillating this mm. this whole thing is to men mm. that that women had been cruelly treated and then murdered in some way there was just loads of that mm. i noticed and I thought, what is what is this about? This is entertainment. This is supposed yeah. to entertain me yeah. before I go to bed. And we just accept that. Oh, you prude. Why are you on about this? It's mm. the story that we like and everything. There's a lot of distastefulness, isn't there, in mm. our box sets? Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about making stories around our experiences. Yes. So, like, yes. we live in a broken world, and that's how we tell stories. Um, I guess... Um, but there's this sort and you of get that in the Bible, it, don't you? You'll, yeah. get, you'll get some vile murders in the Bible, but yeah. it's not there to titillate us. That's no, the sort of thing. It's I'm probably there to to show us the problem and to yeah. accentuate and and blow up and bring into focus the the issues in the world. But then you you need to have the solution to it, isn't it? Um, have you seen? Um, there are lot there are lots of films that don't. There's a film called Coco, which is a Disney sort of film, and it's set in. Um, think mexico or, or somewhere in south america and uh it's where they celebrate the day of the dead and it's basically the, i think it's a catholic thing or some kind of pagan catholic sort of mix up um where you put up once a year you put up pictures of deceased relatives and they're meant to visit you on that day oh, right, yeah. and so you leave a meal out for them and leave their favorite guitar out or whatever it is hmm. and in that film um one of the, uh, this boy 
goes into the the world of the dead um I'm like, what's he doing there is he trying to like find someone i can't remember but anyway the the film ends by the old sort of deceased generation coming into the land of the living which they do once a year and sort of eating this meal and t- sort of watching their family anyway it's a it's a really um empty not good uncomplete uh picture of eternal life and of there's no real solution there Mm. it's just it's kind of like a very um incomplete heaven Mm. where the dead come back to the living but there's no real connection and actually the the afterlife is less real than the current life because they're skeletons and things Mm. um and i think that's the best our world can do it can say look here's the problem um, there's a murder that we need to solve it and find out who it was. Um, or, you know, death is uh, an issue. And so Disney makes this sort of afterlife solution. But none of it comes anywhere satisfactorily close, does it? Well, this is why God has to judge, though, isn't it? Hmm. Because he has to judge incompleteness. He yeah. has to judge badness. Hmm. He has. Otherwise, we're going to have an eternity like that. Yeah, which, which is a horror. Which is a horror. <laughs> And, and actually can only really get worse. Yeah. It, can't, it can't ever get better. No. So God has to deal with sin. He has to transform us onto his, into his kingdom mm. and then work on us. Mm. And that's what the fruit of the Spirit is doing, isn't it? He's working in us to change us, to mm. make us good people. Mm. The, the, the problem is that there are, there are religious people that, that, that you know, will, will claim to follow Christ and they're utter hypocrites. Mm. But we've got to remember there's always hypocrites around. There's always liars and false people. When you have anything true, you're going to have a false one. It's like scammers, isn't it? You've, you, you know, you, you, you've only got to have someone who's, who's a good uh, delivery system. Yep. And then you have a scammer that will pretend to be that. Yeah. So there's always going to be hypocrites around pretending to be Christians. That dress up in the reality, but aren't the reality. So that's what we need. It's a living... This is why Christianity is a a spiritual thing, isn't it? It's it's God living in us by his Holy Spirit, working us and working and growing the fruit Mm. of the Spirit. It's it's that um, visceral. Um, It's real. It's alive. It's not some outward works mm. and we mustn't get the two muddled up it is a spirit working god in us he mm. wants us to be like christ yeah mm. yeah yeah and there's so much opposition to that way of life so you've got those counterfeits i mean i've, I've been reading the pilgrim's progress with with caleb at the moment this, this one in the morning and uh, not so long ago we were in vanity fair and one of the rulers of vanity fair is called lord hate good <laughs> yeah. um, so he would be the opposite of what we're talking about here because he hates good <laughs> yeah. um, and he's not a religious hypocrite he's not pretending to be on the road he he hates the pilgrims who are journeying through because all they want to do is stick to the narrow road and pass through this world without being distracted and he's furious that they that they won't sample um, the sweeties and the pleasures of Vanity Fair and they won't set up home there and um, that's one opposite to true goodness true goodness is living with an eye to the king's city isn't mm. it and wanting to be home with Christ and to make the best of our lives but not to make this world our home mm. and the 
opposite to that is saying no that's not the good the good life is to just forget that and make your home here you know live that's the good thing for you to do Mm. is to be a good person enjoy all the goodness of this world satisfy yourself on the pleasures of this world that's a good life if you Mm. do that if you walk through well you know that's how that's that's not it's, good, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's back to it. Was, I was just thinking, it's back to when we started about how we use the word "good." We even talk about, you know, that was a good innings if they lived to ninety-six or something. Mm. Well, it's not really. It's only ninety-six, and it's mm. failed mm. life. So it's not good. It's not complete. Mm. Okay, I'm, I mean, pra- but we are yeah. to practice good. We are, yes. and that that fruit is not just something internal. It is actually to grow out in, into others. So Paul in Galatians, I mean, this is quite interesting. In chapter 6, which is obviously the next chapter on from the Fruit of the Spirit uh, chapter, uh, anyone who receives instruction in the Word must, I mean, this is interesting, this, must share all good things with his instructor. (laughs) That's a nice one for us preachers. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. What a sentence. So if we're instructing people in the Word... Mm. You should actually be encouraging the instructor. Mm. Share the good things. Right. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, I mean, I th- you said something that really struck me the other day, which, which was right, and I, I was thinking about Cornerstone as a church. Uh, I think you said something like the, 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 the fuel, the food of a church is encouragement. And I was thinking, oh, that's, a, that's a great line. And I wondered whether we need a series on that, mm. you know, a series of preaches on let's encourage each other. Mm. And I think that is right, that the... The fuel is encouragement. Mm. And if, if your instructors are in teaching you the gospel, share. Mm. Say thank you, you know. Mm. But then he goes on. Uh, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and the one who sows to please his sinful nature from, the sinful, uh, uh, fr- from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Then let us not become weary in doing good. Mm. So again, we need the spirit to energize us. Don't mm. become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Mm. Keep going with goodness to people. Yeah. Then, therefore, uh, as you have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Mm. Yeah. So it's to work out. We are to be good people. We are to be seen to be good people. Mm. Uh, in in our actions to people and our care for people and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, we, you know, I don't know who I really mean by that, but we can be nervous about emphasising the role of the good life that follows faith mm. and because we're worried that in some way it's going to undermine the gospel, uh, you know, that we mustn't stress good works mm. and the practical outworking of your faith in good deeds because that will uh, rob us of the joy of justification by faith alone. But that's uh, that's a distinction that the Bible doesn't make, you yeah. know. Um, in fact, it's the opposite. You know, we're told, you know, that God has purified for himself a people that are his very own and what characterizes them? They are eager to do what is good, mm. you know. And so the very result of justifying faith is an eagerness to do good good christian works to people you know it's you know we're not saved by them but we are saved for them you know and um yeah absolutely yeah there we go there we go okay right well thank you for joining us i hope that was i hope that was helpful for you um as 
Um, you know, as, as we've said before, if you, if you want to send us some feedback through through the website, um, then then please do. Um, and uh, we're going to be looking at the next uh, part of the fruit of the spirit next time. So do join us for that. As I said at the beginning, CornerstoneChurchKingston.org um, is the place to go for sermons. And Pete preached a series of sermons through these aspects of the fruit of the spirit um, some years ago. But there's also uh, plenty of other things you can make use of too.